0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Yes, Father, we thank you that we can come into your presence. And Lord, I pray this morning that you will grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. that our eyes of our understanding may be enlightened that we might know the hope of your calling the richness of your inheritance and the exceeding greatness of your power that is at work in us the same power that raised Christ from the dead Lord I pray that as we are together this morning Father that it would be your words that remain not mine because only your words lead us to eternal life and so lord in this time i pray lord that you will speak to us as we humble ourselves before you as we draw near to you to hear from you i pray only your words will remain in jesus name amen good morning everybody and um, welcome in your own homes thank you for allowing us to be with you this morning Uh, I want to share with you around um, how we should respond to the world around us. As you know, uh, a lot of things have been happening this past week in our country. Um, My last two sermons that I preached was titled, Do Not Be Surprised and then Do Not Let Your Hearts Be Troubled. And as I was praying and asking God, I, I'm trying very hard not to preach those sermons over again. Um, but in that context of everything that is going on in our country, I want us just to for a moment close our eyes. And, and I want us to ask God, what does he say what, what is his word for you where you are today, right there in your home, in your circumstances, in your reality? I just want us for a moment just to close our eyes and just ask God quietly, Lord, speak to me in my context, in our country. What is your word for me? And I just want you for a moment, just, let's just close our eyes and, and be sensitive to God speaking to each one of us. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. As I was praying earlier this week for us as a church, God, how should we respond to the world around us? God laid on my heart the following three things for us as a church. First is do not be afraid. Second, I am with you. And thirdly, you are just passing through. And I'll, I want to share around these three aspects that I believe God laid in my heart for us as a church. One of the themes that repeats itself through the Bible is, is this um, encouragement, but also almost a command that we should not be afraid. This is a the theme that repeats itself often in Scripture, do not be afraid. One thing that I know that God is saying to us in this time is do not be afraid. Last week we read John 14 verse 27 where Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. But this week I was reading Genesis 15 and what struck me is God's word to Abram. He said after, from verse one, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. What a powerful word of encouragement for us in this time. God is saying, do not be afraid because I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. We all know what a shield is. It protects you from the blows of the enemy. But what is so powerful is that God is saying, I am your shield. God is my shield. And I want us just for a moment again just close our eyes and just meditate upon this thought. That God is saying, I am your your shield. And I just want you to close your eyes and just meditate upon this for a moment and see it in your mind's eye. Jesus said in John 14, verse 1 Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That word believe literally in Greek means to have faith, to have trust in someone. Jesus is saying you you, you believe, you have faith, and trust in God, believe, trust in me also. In Matthew 10, Jesus says the following, he says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. What a powerful insight and direction God gives us as we deal with the circumstances around us. Here is the point. I choose to put my trust in God. I trust that God will not allow to happen anything in my life apart from His will. And I know that His will is good and perfect. He's either going to protect me, discipline me, or turn it for my good, or take me home. But I know and I trust in him, and I know that my life is secure in his hand. But that is a sermon for another day. Today I want to focus on our trust in God, our trust in God. And, and because my trust is in God, my trust is not in a government. And I'll say it again, my trust is in God. My trust is not in a government as I trust God. If my trust is not in the economy either. My trust is not even in myself, and if government fails, I do not lose my trust and peace, because my trust is in God, who is all-powerful and perfect. And even if government fails, I do not lose my, my, my peace, and I do not fear, because my trust is in God, and I'm not afraid. Even if the economy fails, I do not lose my peace and I am not afraid because my trust is in God. We have already spoken about fear in my previous sermons, but, but what should our attitude be towards the government in this time? There is a lot of criticism and fear and rebellion going about in our country and it's not just our country. It's in the rest of the world. It, it all depends on which side of the fence you are standing. But, but I'm not condoning the looting or necess- necessarily, necessarily agreeing with how the government is dealing with this situation. But because my trust is in God, I can relate to the government in the way God teaches me to relate to the government. Because my trust is in him, in his word, in his character, in his ways. I can relate to the government in this time the way God teaches me to relate to the government. Because I trust in God, I can relate to the sinners in this world the way God teaches me to. That makes us different to the world. We follow God's way and we do not follow the way of the world. What is happening around us is the world's way. The looting, the corruption, the factions, the anarchy, the rebellion. It is the fruit of sin. It it is rebellion against God. That is what is playing out before us. It should not surprise us that the world is falling apart. The world that is in rebellion against God. This is the fruit of rebellion against God what we see around us. It should not surprise us. As a matter of fact, Romans 1, I was just listening to a a, a podcast of a pastor that mentioned this so powerfully, and I just want to read it. Romans 1 verse 28 says the following, Therefore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haterers, insolent, aggr- arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those Who do such things deserve death. They do not only continue to do these very things, but they also approve of those who practice them. It is such a description of what happens in this world around us. It is the natural fruit of a rebellion and sinful world. And it should not surprise us. And what is so interesting is that, and so powerful and and, and liberating is the fact that God has called us out of this world into his kingdom. He set us free from sin and, and, and the consequence of it through sacrificing his son, his son so that we can be redeemed and born again and, and be called out of the world into his kingdom. But what is so challenging is the fact that he did not take us out of this world. We are still in this world. But we are now different. We are now in his kingdom. We now follow his ways and no longer the desires of the flesh, but the desire of the spirit. And so we live completely different in this world. He purposefully left us here to be light in the darkness. And in the midst of darkness, it is when light becomes most necessary. And that is why we are still here in this world. Because we trust in God, and therefore we trust in his word and his ways, we are different to this world in the midst of this chaos. So what should our attitude be towards the government? Well, God teaches us in Romans 13 from verse 1, it says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists, the authority resists the ordinances of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister for your good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister. He is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but because of conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this very end. Render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. You see, that is how God instructs us to live in this world. It's also interesting to note that this was written to Christians who were oppressed by the Roman Empire. And that doesn't change. The fact that the government might be irresponsible doesn't change the way we should react to it. As long as government does not force us to disobey God's word, we should be subject and respectful to government as those who God has given authority to govern. And ultimately, the government will be accountable before God how they governed. God will keep them accountable. The church's primary role is not to keep government accountable. That is God's role. It doesn't mean that we should not speak up against injustice, but our primary role is to lead people to salvation and to bring people under the rule and government of Christ. You know, in 1 Timothy 2 we read so powerfully, We should not be drawn into the world, the way and the talk of the world, but rather pray for our government, for wisdom, as God commands us to do that. In 1 Timothy 2, from verse 1, we read, I urge you then, first of all, that petition, prayers, and intercessions with thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. What is so interesting in this portion of Scripture is not only that we should pray for our government, the kings and all who are in authorities, but that we should ask God to bless them. To give them wisdom and counsel so that we may live a peaceful and quiet life. But the desire for the peaceful and quiet lives is not primarily for our purpose and our comfort. But rather for his purpose. Who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So what should our response be to the sinners in this world? The looters, the rebellious, the thieves, in shops and in government. What should our response be towards the sinful world? Well, powerfully to share the gospel. To share the gospel in love. That they too may come to repentance. Just as we did. That is our purpose. For still being here. Just as we are passing through. The reality is we've been called out of this world, and God has called us to his kingdom, which is waiting for us in eternity, and we are just passing through this world. We are literally just passing through, and on our way passing through, our purpose is to share the gospel in love so that others may join us in passing to the kingdom of God. Genesis 15 verse 1 I'll read it again. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision and says, Do not be afraid. I am your shield, which is very powerful. I'm the one that protects you. But even greater, I am your exceeding great reward. You see, where are we heading in this life? What are we living for? Are we desiring the peace and the quiet life for ourselves? Or is it to fulfill the desire and the purpose of the one that we treasure most? God says, I am your exceeding great reward. There's nothing in this life that is of more value than I am. Being with me is your greatest reward. Being where I am is your exceeding great reward. So let us make sure that our treasure is in God and not in this world. Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, or where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And here's the point. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So let us not get bogged down in our hearts here, in this world, while we're just passing through. Let us not get distracted by things that we can lose here, but rather focus on our purpose for still being here. As 1 Timothy 2 says so powerfully, to live in all godliness and holiness and lead people to salvation. For this is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So in this time, let us put our trust in God. Let us not be afraid. Let us pray and let us live our purpose as He has commanded us. And in doing so, we will be different to this world. In doing so, we will draw men to ask us, why? Why are you different? Why do you have this hope? And then let us be ready to give an answer for this hope. Let, let us be salt and light in the midst of this darkness. Let, let us lead men and women and children to this God who gives us this great peace and security and, and hope. And this great rejo- reward waiting for us in eternity. Let us pray together. Father, I, I thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace towards us. That while we were still sinners, while we were still dead in our trespasses, while we were still controlled by the desires of our flesh, In the same way as we see the world around us, God, you had mercy upon us, and you saved us. You saved us from this corruption in this world, and you gave us something far greater. You gave us the kingdom. You gave us yourself. And we have this privilege to follow you. God, I pray that in this time, Lord, we will not be as distracted nor afraid, Lord, but we will put our trust in you. And we will pray and ask you to bless this government, to give it wisdom, to to bring it to repentance. Those in and outside of, of this world, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will help us to be different in a way that will draw people to you. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will give us the words to speak in love when we are confronted with the sinners and the lost, that we ourselves will not be the ones who judge, but be the ones who draw men to repentance. And Lord, I pray for that in our own hearts, that we will not build for ourselves treasures here that will distract us. And bog us down in this world. But help us, Lord, to build treasures in heaven. And, and put our treasures there. Uh, that our hearts might also be there. As we are just simply passing through. In Jesus' name. Amen. My God bless you. And I trust that you will continue to follow him. In peace and holiness. In this time. My God bless you. Thank you for listening.